0: Hi, I'm Beth,
1: and I'm Andrea.
0: We are bringing you the Real Moms Real Life Podcast, your guide to self-empowerment and taking on each day as your best self. This is episode number twenty-four. After our weekly segments, we are going to do a deep dive into chronic pain. Let us know if there are any topics you would like to see. Don't forget, all of the resources on this podcast are meant for information purposes only and not to be confused for medical advice or treatment. Good morning, Andrea.
1: Good morning, how are you?
0: I'm doing well. I was just telling you before we hopped out of a little frazzle this morning as we're, <laughs> my husband's out of town this week and we're, there's a lot of people coming in and out of the house. So I feel like what well, we had to redo that intro at least once and I considered it a second time. So, but I'm good. How are you? I
1: think, I think it sounded perfect the second time. <laughs> And I'm 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 a little frazzled as well since like I'm the one who made Beth change her schedule for this new podcast time not that it affects you guys at all and then I forgot about it. <laughs> I had the wrong time in my head. So Beth's like I'm ready and I'm like oh yeah. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> so here we are. Maybe we should take some deep breaths. And, yeah, we're good. Yeah. Always right? definitely. Down, take a deep breath. <laughs>
0: well I think we should just move on to our current new icebreaker segment our real mom moment of the week what is your real mom moment of this week Andrea
1: so I'm gonna share the one that I shared in my Facebook group if you're not in it so you may have already heard this one and so it's not really a super light-hearted one Um, But I decided to share it anyways, because I don't know, again, I think it's really important that we are honest with ourselves that we are not perfect. So this was a far from perfect moment for me. Um, Last week when we were podcasting, I was holding Remy, as you may have heard, and he was kind of pushing down to get away from me. And so I just put him down without – because I was, like, on my rant of musculoskeletal imaging and not paying attention. And uh, because I was not paying attention, the dog ended up biting him. And luckily, he's okay. And it was just, like, a little shallow scratch. But, you know, we've been doing a lot of thinking, and I think there's been other things, and this is, like, a much longer story and – Uh, yeah we're not going to get into it here but i think we are going to rehome our dog because of it and it just really sucks and i like have to take full responsibility of that because i didn't put him in his like safe space that we have so they keep them separated when i'm not paying attention but yeah that's mine kind of heavy sorry about that it's all right i think um
0: Kids and pets is really tough, and we've had – I mean, I had the same kind of thing. Not, you know, and Piper's older, so it's different, but same sort of thing where I was upstairs doing something, and she's been acting out since my husband's been gone, and Mm -hmm. she's taking it out on the dog, and so Mm -hmm. she's going and, like, kicking the dog and hitting the dog. Ah. And I'm like, no, you can't do this. Like, I know – and as soon as I mentioned, like, I know that you're frustrated because – daddy's not here she comes and she curls into my lap and she snuggles but I'm really my my real mom moment of the week is that I'm really struggling to try to figure out how to give her everything that she needs attention that she would normally get from two people from just one while also trying to like keep the house from burning down
1: yeah Yeah.
0: so um yeah I mean I don't think that all of our real mom moments need to be (laughs) happy and lighthearted. I think that they're all learning moments and that kind of thing
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So let's move on to our tip of the week. Andrea, why don't you start with your tip of the week this week first?
1: All right. Sounds good. So my tip of the week is to pay attention to self-talk and then do what you can to try to switch it. So if you find yourself, and we've talked about this before, but I've just been implementing it a little bit more this week. Like, for instance, when, I, when Beth messaged me and was like, hey, you ready for our podcast? And I was like, oh, I'm so dumb. I flipped it to, you know what, I made a mistake and I should have put that in my calendar. <laughs> and, and truly it is amazing how much of a difference it makes because it immediately shifted my energy when I caught that and, you know, just switched it in my head. And so the nice thing is, is we don't have to be perfect just because you, you know, say something that maybe you, you didn't mean to say, you can, you can change it. So just watch out for that. Notice it first, and then if you can, maybe think of a way you could reframe a thought about yourself that maybe isn't the nicest thing to say to yourself. That's mine.
0: I love it. I definitely try to do that as much as possible. Um, But my tip of the week is to find a playlist that you love. I currently have been listening to the Have a Great Day playlist from Spotify, Mm. and I love it because it has like all these things from when I was in high school, but also like my parents' generation music that I grew up listening to, and just, it's not just like 90s or 2000s, it's like a whole wide range, and there, I mean, it's hours upon hours of music, and there are very few songs that I feel like I need to skip. Maybe one or two. It's like, oh, well, I'm not really in the mood for that one today, but I might be on, like, tomorrow. But even, like, Hey Ya from Outcast, I don't know if you remember that song. Oh, but yeah. that came on. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm rocking out to this, like, song yes. that nobody knows these days. But it just – a lot of times I try to do audiobooks and podcasts in the car, and I'm in the car so much, and I just sometimes just need a playlist that, I know that I can go to, and I feel like with the way music is these days, you can, the options are endless. And for me, that, like, uh, just too many choices makes it really hard. I'm like, oh, I don't feel like picking anything, or I'm driving, I can't search around for something. So if I have my go-to playlist, I'm like, oh, here we go, done. Less, one less decision I have to make today of what I'm going to listen to. So
1: that's I love thing. that. I feel like I need to implement that because yeah, I'm a big podcast and audiobook listener. And every now and then, like yesterday I was like, you know what? Like I just, my brain needs to like have a rest. Do you want to jam out? And I turn on the radio and there's like all commercials on. And I'm like, damn it. <laughs> so yeah, that's a great idea at work um, at the clinic. We often have, we have like an NSYNC playlist that goes on and it's pretty awesome. Cause we'll like jam out to NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. And then we'll have like 17 year olds and they're like, what is this? And they like, don't really know. They're like, I think I've heard of Insync, And I'm like, oh my God, what?
0: I oh. literally had that conversation with one of my 15-year-old clients last week because an Insync song came on the radio and they're what? like, and I'm singing along. They're like, who is this? And I was like, NSYNC? Oh they're God. like, who's that? And I was like, well, you know Justin Timberlake? They're like, yeah, duh. And I was like, well, he started it sync. Oh my so, gosh, the atrocity.
1: Anyways, yeah. I love NSYNC.
0: Speaking of totally unrelated, I saw um, that they were on Ellen recently or something, or maybe there was just a video posted. All Mm -hmm. the boys had gotten back together, like just to hang out on Ellen and they did like a tribute tour or like, I don't know, it was just... It was really funny, and apparently they all still talk and they have a group chat together, and I think that's hilarious.
1: Oh my god, that is that's so! I'm gonna have to like hunt that down and watch that. That's so funny. I love it. (laughs) Maybe
0: maybe I'll link to that just so that you can all, if you if you're in our generation, you can all have a little (laughs) laugh looking back at the uh, NSYNC boys getting together. Totally. All right, so let's move on to our topic of the week. We are continuing our discussion on chronic pain. We talked a little bit last week about really the unnecessary needs, or whatever that word would be, of getting medical imaging when you have chronic pain and when you're dealing with chronic pain. But when we talked about that, we really wanted to dive much more into the psychological effects of chronic pain and how that really can impact a person. So... Let's go. Let's go for it. We want to get us started, Andrea.
1: Yeah. So we talked about last week how chronic pain is. I just want to recap kind of the definition. It's it, definition. It's pain that's been going on longer than three months. And what starts to happen at that point is neurological changes. Your brain pathways actually change, and it makes it so it it like basically sensitizes your system. So if you had a threshold for pain, let's say you're doing a hamstring stretch, okay, and you get to like a certain point, your body starts to feel a stretch. If you push it a little bit more, that stretch gets a little bit painful. I'm sure you've all had that experience of when you're stretching something, you're like, oh, too much, okay? So that threshold of where you feel that pain in a normal, healthy human is a nice chunk below the place you'd have to go to, to actually cause damage to that muscle. Okay. So if you just kept yanking or someone stretched and they just yanked you through that, you have a nice buffer zone. Okay. It's not like, Oh, you move into the pain. You've now torn your hamstring. No, you have like a nice chunk of buffer. Your body is like, Hey, 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 Hey. That's why it's sending the message of pain. Like stop doing that. (laughs) And, um, so you stop. And so you don't hurt your hamstring and um, in chronic pain, what happens is that buffer zone gets huge, so you might be just barely lifting your leg up, barely into a stretch, and your body's like, oh my god, we're gonna hurt ourselves, and it tells you way, way early, way before you're in any type of, like, anywhere near the edge of tissue damage, so that is a really problematic thing because then even small movements that are completely harmless, are totally fine and healthy for your tissues, for your muscles, for your joints, are perceived as painful by the brain because it is just on guard and it's worried about this. This this threshold has expanded. So um, what, in terms of psychological aspects, I mean, when you're in pain and you can't move, it leads to all kinds of issues. One, pain is incredibly distracting, okay? So if you're in pain, it's really hard to concentrate and be in the moment and be present because you just have this pain nagging and distracting at you. Um, It absolutely is linked to depression and anxiety and all kinds of chronic health issues because of this like cyclical, vicious cycle that it causes because when you're in pain, you don't move, Lack of movement leads to other health issues. You know, all those can lead to depression. I mean, you can keep at this point, I feel like chicken and egg is really hard because just things start to lump and lump on each other. So addressing pain is really important. And I want to, that's like what this podcast episode is really for is, is realizing that chronic pain, there is something you can do about it. Oftentimes, when you go to the doctor, they their suggestion is, "Hey, let's get imaging," which we talked about last week. The problems of that, so I'm not going to go into that now. Um, Or pain medications like opioids, which have again, maybe a huge topic. Not going to go into it, but I mean, tons of addiction issues. Many people who start on opioids you know, can end up getting addicted to heroin just because of a bunch of issues. And that happens a lot more commonly than people think until like upper class, you know, upstanding citizens like this is not a, a problem of um, I don't know, like it's not outside of ourselves, if that makes sense, or outside of our community that it's an issue. Um, and so pain medications, imaging, surgeries are not the solution to this. And it's created this gigantic epidemic in this country because, like, pain is a huge issue, especially like low back pain. And it's there's a um, a quote that I think it's or a study that showed like if you go to your primary care doctor for low back pain, only seven percent of people with low back pain will be referred on to physical therapy. The rest are either told to rest, ice it, or take pain medications, and All of those things are not the answer to back pain. Now, are there, you know, if you're a healthy person and you kind of just overdid it and you have some back pain, like will those things maybe help? Yeah, sure. Maybe. But to me, if your back pain is not gone in like a week from something, and even that is to me is pushing it in terms of timeline, like if it's not noticeably getting better after like two days or three days, like that is the time to see someone as soon as possible. Um, and, And I would see a physical therapist. We are trained to evaluate that and determine if it's a larger issue, if it does need to go on for something else. But again, we talked about last week, like almost rarely does it ever need imaging or anything like that. So I want to talk about, uh, I'll let Beth add in anything, but then I do want to talk about some steps to take if you are having chronic pain and what else to do about it other than rest, medication, exercise, or surgery.
0: I... Love everything that you just said there. I want to put a caveat because I work with the pediatric population. This is not a diagnosis of the young adult, the middle-aged adult, the older adult. It can happen to everyone. I have treated nine, ten-year-olds with various diagnoses of chronic pain issues, and some of the, for the younger kids, it comes from you know an injury. You know, and almost always, it's an injury that starts. And then it just doesn't seem to be getting better the right way. And from a chronic pain standpoint, yes, 100%, I think, you know, go to that primary care doctor, talk to them, because you probably need referrals depending on your insurance, but get to PT as soon as possible, whatever age, you know, if it's for your child, if it's for you, if it's for your parent. Get that involved, and then I'm sure I'm going to let you get into the steps. But I just I'm sure that we'll also talk about getting some sort of psychological help and psychiatric help as well. So I'll let you continue on into those steps.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and yeah, the whole referral thing from a doctor. Sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna harp on this for a second. Um, yes, if your insurance and you want it covered by your insurance, um, and you need a referral um for your insurance to um cover it then yeah go to your doctor get it but be pretty adamant about getting a physical therapy referral if your doctor's like no I don't think you need it because unfortunately and this is not a global I mean this is not a blanket statement there are many doctors who are fantastic and refer to physical therapy but a lot of them really aren't trained in it so there's actually some good research that shows going to your doctor first for low back pain um, lengthens your care makes it more expensive and you have um, worse results. So I would say only go to your doctor, um, one, if you, you know, if there is some other concerning symptoms, but two, if only if you need it for insurance wise, don't otherwise you really can just go to a physical therapist and you don't actually need to go to the doctor first, just so that isn't delaying your care. If that's something you need um, and that's something you can call your insurance or even call up the physical therapy office and they can help you with that. If you're not sure um, they, they'll be happy to help you with that. So anyways, that was my rant on that. You don't need to go to the doctor first um, unless, you know, your insurance requires it. So, um, then in terms of steps, so things that you can start doing today that is safe for pretty much anybody. And if it's not, you should probably know otherwise, but is really this slow, graded exposure to movement. Um, for your body. So let's say, you know, even just walking down the street, you know, you go for a 10 minute walk, you end up in pain. So as an example of slow graded exposure, it might be you get up and you walk, you know, to the one end of your house down the hallway and back. And you just start with these little steps. Or maybe you go walk down the driveway and you walk back. And you want to be at a threshold that's Maybe just hitting your limit, but really trying to stay below it. The idea is to teach your body that movement isn't scary. So again, like for that hamstring stretch example, it's like you would be lifting your leg up, but keeping it below the point of pain. And there's so many exercises that you can start doing that are non-painful and oftentimes can help pain. So many times proper core activation can be great exercises that are sub-threshold of pain um, because they are very gentle. You can even just be lying there breathing and using your breath to activate your core so there's not really even much movement in your body and it's teaching your body hey I can have these muscle contractions happen and it doesn't elicit pain it's a slow process but it's amazing how once you start it and are very intentional about it it can really really expand your range of motion And many times for pain, the marker isn't, okay, is your pain all better? It's, it's, it's also like, how much more can you now do? So maybe now you can walk for 20 minutes and you still have pain, but now you can walk for 20 minutes where you can only walk for 10 minutes before. Like that's a huge marker of improvement. That's a marker that your body is starting to realize that, Hey, okay, movement isn't, you know, doesn't always have to be scary or isn't, you know, a problem. So, That's, you know, walking and core exercises are just a really easy example. Um, I think we may have posted the link to it before I did, like, a thing on engaging the abdominal muscles. But we can link back to that again because those ones, again, when I'm saying core, this is not, like, sit-ups and, like, crazy, like, planks and core exercises. These are, like, really, really gentle. Like, literally, you could just lie on your back take a deep breath in and exhale all your air. And as you're pushing all your air out, you try to get every single last bit out, that last contraction you feel to like push the air out, that's core activation. Like I'm talking about really low level stuff here. Um, other things, or can let uh, me let Beth talking. in. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: I just want to jump in because we're, mm-hmm. we're kind of assuming and talking a lot about low back pain as chronic pain because it's the mm-hmm. most common one that we see but it doesn't the pain doesn't have to be in your back walking is a great exercise no matter what where the pain is in your body if it's your ankle if it's your leg if it's your shoulder if it's your hip if it's if it's your neck but what I would also say so a lot of the the engaging the abdominals we call those isometric Exercises for the most part, where you're just staying still and tightening the muscles in that area and relaxing them. So, it's for a lot of times, and I think a lot of times in physical therapy, we often focus on the activation part of it, but the relaxation part is also really important. And you can do that in any part of your body. So, we will link to that engaging the abdominal muscles post, but you can do that anyway. You can do it in your, you know, neck a little bit. You can do it in your foot and ankle you just stay still you tighten all the muscles in that area and then you relax them and yes we're a little bit more particular one way or the other one especially when it is the abdominal muscles because the back is tends to be one of those areas that people have pain more often but I just want to make note that it doesn't have to be low back pain for it to be chronic pain
1: Yes, thank you for that. And even let's say you have ankle pain too, like any exercise or movement you're doing, even if it's not specifically for your ankle too, is helpful because it gets your blood flowing. Okay, and it starts again. It just is reinforcing that message that movement isn't harmful because it's not. Uh, motion is lotion. It's so important. So <clears throat> start like where you can. So let's say you have ankle pain. Maybe you just lie in your back and you're doing arm exercises like that in itself can be helpful. It's like you're basically trying to find a motion or an exercise that doesn't exacerbate your pain. So let's say you're at a constant five out of 10 pain um, and you do an exercise and you stay at five out of 10 pain. That's okay. What you don't want is, okay, you do a movement and it shoots your pain up. Like that's what you'd want to avoid. But if you're doing a motion and it kind of just hurts the same, that's safe. OK, your body's going to let you know if it's not safe. In fact, your body is, again, usually overprotectively letting you know that it's not safe. So you want to listen to that message, but also just evaluate it and make sure it does make sense. Uh, there are so many amazing resources. And so what I w- wanted to do is just talk about a few uh resources to go look into just because this is i mean such a huge huge topic and um there's a few people that if you look at their websites they have a lot of free information on there so it's great places to start and again we'll link to all of them but one is greg layman he has this pain science workbook and it really works through like you could just download it off his website it's free and it works through some of the psychological aspects of pain and um can help you determine, you know, even what exercises level like exercises to start at and figure things out around that. And then the other wonderful people who have a ton of pain research is uh Lorimer Mosley, who I love his name, and David Butler. They are from Australia. And I would recommend just look Laura Mermosley has a Ted talk about pain and it's one, he's an amazing speaker and just his Australian accent. How can he not be? <laughs> and, but he's just a very engaging person. So it's really interesting. I would watch it no matter what, even if you don't have chronic pain, like it's, he's, it's just such a good talk. And, um, they, yeah, so they have a lot of resources out there. They have an, an amazing books out too. And so they've done a lot of work with things like mirror boxes and created image therapy, things like that. Again, you can read about it on their website. I mean, if we talked about this, this episode would be like five hours long, so we're not going to go into that. <laughs> um, but I want people to know about these resources because a lot of people don't. And um, the other thing is, is just knowing that while – Like these guys, I feel like they are embedded in this, like all about your neuroplasticity and everything like that. What I think that they don't talk about, which needs to be, and which we've talked about before, is how nutrition and stress and our emotional reactions affect all of this. So don't, um, Separate your pain from your nutrition, I I would say. You know, if you are having this chronic pain, it absolutely can be exacerbated if you're eating foods that are inflammatory to your body or that your body is sensitive to and things like that. So, really, attacking pain from multiple standpoints is so important because there is no pain center in the brain. What they found is that pain is embedded in all sections of our brain. So, it's going to impact your thinking. It's going to impact, you know, even just looking at something that is triggering can cause pain. Hearing something that's triggering can cause pain because pain is, like, everywhere within the brain. So we cannot isolate it. That's why pain medications are so, I don't know, like, problematic or make you feel loopy because they're kind of, like, knocking out your thinking part of your brain because that's the only way they can affect pain. Uh, do you have anything to add to that, Beth? Beth?
0: No, I – I mean, I agree, and I like the resources. We will link to all of them. And I know for me personally, sometimes finding why you might be holding on to that pain can be really, really important. I recently posted an article that I was, that I finally realized that I was blaming my C section for my back pain. And I just, For a while, we didn't want to have another kid because I was worried about hurting my back again and having all these issues, and I was really latching on to the fact that the only reason I hurt my back so much was because of my C-section, when in reality, it was everything to do with me not going back the right way and doing what too much too soon and holding on to the stress of the trauma of my birth experience And coming to terms with that and being accepting of it and also realizing that like, yeah, I know mechanically I have movements that I am trying to fix, but you can only do so much when you're carrying around a three and a half year old, but psychologically being aware that, hey, I hurt my back a little bit. I'm going to sit and rest. I'm going to do some exercises and it's going to be okay. Whereas in the beginning it was, oh my gosh. I twinged my back again, and then I would get so stressed about it, and it would keep getting worse and worse, and I'd be trying to do stuff. But as long as I refocus my mindset a little bit more on it, then I am able to let it go a lot quicker. I don't think anything else has changed. I mean, yes, I changed my diet. Like I did all of these other things with it, but the biggest piece of it for me was the um, the part that – I knew that I would be okay and that it was going to go away.
1: I love that so, so much. And I'm so glad you said that. Yes, because it is so important. And um, some of the workbooks do go into some of that stuff. So absolutely – know that the way you are thinking about your pain impacts your pain. Yeah, the more kind of power you give it, um, the more power it has over you. But it doesn't mean trying to ignore your pain or block it out or anything like that. So it's like, I, I love what Beth said about just like, looking at why are you holding on to it? So some like deep breathing exercises. There's some great meditations, like just go Google like pain meditation on YouTube and it'll come up with stuff about just bringing you through your body and just really feeling what you're feeling and like listening to your body and like letting your, yourself feel that. And not sometimes not like blocking it and pushing it away constantly is what allows it to then release. So it's like acknowledging, Hmm, like what the best of like, yeah, I'm feeling a twinge in my back right now. Okay. That's what's going on in this moment. And I know things that I can do to maybe help relieve it. Or I know that it's going to be okay. Nothing says it needs to like go on to this huge, you know, pain episode. And even if it does, there are things I can do to get out of it. Um, and so Yeah, that kind of breath work and thought work is so, so important.
0: Definitely. Is there anything else that you want to add as we kind of continue and start to wrap up? I do feel like this is such a big topic and we're hitting the tip of the iceberg with it, but... You know, we really, we really can't give individual medical advice on this type of setting. We just want to make sure that if this is something that you're dealing with, as I feel like many of us do deal with, that you realize that there are multiple factors involved. There's nutrition, there is fitness, there is health, and there is all of this mindset piece that kind of goes into just about everything.
1: I think the only thing I would add is just if you are experiencing pain and you've been told there's nothing you can do, don't listen to that. <laughs> um, find someone who can work you through it. But from a standpoint of not like, oh, your, you know, alignment isn't perfect or, you know, oh, you're doing this wrong and this wrong and this wrong. Like find someone who can work through you from like a holistic approach that's really looking at how to optimize things in your body not just pointing out a whole bunch of things wrongs that need to be fixed because that often can honestly just make the problem worse (laughs) so just don't give up there's absolutely practitioners out there unfortunately it is a really a newer field and so there is it might take a little bit of you know going around and finding someone who is really jiving with that standpoint, but don't give up and reach out to us either of us if you have any questions and we can even help guide you in the right direction from that and you know who to talk to depending on what's going on with you
0: I am going to add one more thing when you do find a physical therapist and even if you don't find a holistic physical therapist, you might need to do a little bit more of multiple practitioners a pt and a nutritional consultant of sorts that kind of thing. But when you see that physical therapist, make sure that they're not just evaluating the body part that you're in there for. I feel like that is a common thing that I see is it's like, well, I came in for my back and they're treating my back. I was like, well, did they look at your hips? Did they look at your shoulders? Did they look at other things involved? And they're like, no, they're just working on my back. Well, it's like, well, we're all connected. You can't take one piece out and fix it and hope that it's going to make it better. So even if your specific practitioner doesn't have all of these components, at least if they're looking at your body as a whole and not just one. And I would say most of the people that I know do that, but I still talk to moms that are like, oh yeah, they never looked at this before. And I was like, oh, how did that happen? So just be mindful of that. And and be aware that you can seek other pr- providers if you need to.
1: Yes, absolutely. I'm treating someone right now. It's, he's coming in for a low back pain, and we're working on his big toe. Like, honestly, if they haven't looked at your big toe and you have back pain, you should probably ask them about that or maybe go somewhere else. I mean, yeah, everything is so linked. Like, I rarely <sighs> work on the body part that actually hurts because the, usually the dysfunction is somewhere else.
0: Definitely. Well, we are going to wrap it up for the day. Thank you so much for joining us today. And follow us on social media for news updates and calls for questions. You can find me at Beth at Pizza of Real Eats and Andrea. Are
1: we still at Life, Liberty, Health? I think so.
0: <laughs> I'm
1: actually – I am – yeah, sorry. I probably should have did. there. Although, if you go to Life, Liberty, Health, it will – eventually i need to have that it'll redirect there <laughs> okay perfect so we'll put that in there
0: as well um please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode and write us a review show notes for this episode and all podcast related information can be found at real dot out that was terrible i'm gonna re- we're just gonna start over <laughs> i'm like i rewrote that and it was terrible <laughs>